everybody, I'm Lee McCormick, this is Tramps Like Us, the Bruce Springsteen Podcast, episode 70, 2018 East Street Year in Review. Happy New Year, everyone. We're going to start the year with a look back on the past 365 days on E Street. Mitch Slater is back once again to go month by month, day by day with me. We're going to discuss all the E Street happenings of the year. We'll each give our favorite E Street moment of the year, and then we're going to pontificate on what Bruce and the band is going to get up to in 2019. Thank you so much for downloading the show on iTunes, where you can always subscribe, leave a rating and review, streaming on Spotify, or listening via the website TrampsLikeUsPod.com. Be sure to stay in touch via the Facebook group page, Tramps Like Us, Bruce Springsteen Podcast. That's where all the action is happening. All right, here we go. Let's get into this. Let's hear what happened on E Street in 2018. to the show mitch slater how you doing mitch i'm doing great all right man good to talk to you i guess the last time we talked on the podcast was uh i think our 2017 year in e street year end review there here we go 2018 done already 2018 yeah another year in e street history done uh i guess kind of a slow year and happenings being that bruce was on broadway for the entire year right well i think it was a great year for e street um, yeah, I got some things about, to discuss. All the side guys had their plates full, you know, for change. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I guess I guess Bruce had his plate full. Um, said, uh, you know, this is the only job he ever held for, you know, five days a week. Yeah, that's one of my favorite lines. We'll get into the uh, Bruce and Broadway Netflix uh, debut, which just happened the other day that we're taping this on. Sure. So uh, let's just go. We're gonna just kind of go date by date through the year, and I got some notes here, and we'll just kind of. Um, you know, just bring up some moments, get your comments on that. And then at the end of the show, we'll kind of give our, our moment of the year, our E Street moment of the year, personal favorite moment. And then I guess we'll kind of just get into some predictions for the next year, what we hope to come. Sure. All right. So, uh, so I got kicking off the year January 4th, Max Weinberg's jukebox played the, uh, the NHL winter classic, that outdoor right. hockey game was on like a Sunday afternoon, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Ace Fraley from Kiss was there to play New York Groove, and then Max and the boys were there kind of, I guess they were playing like um, in one of the periods, like in one of the breaks there for the people in the crowd stadiums. Yeah, I, I actually missed that, but I went the year before Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes did the same thing, and they played in between periods Yeah, um, at that Winter Classic. Uh, but yeah, Max, Max spent the year touring uh, <laughs> a lot of dates, yeah. him and the, and the Weaklings, and uh, I imagine a lot of people got a chance to see the show. It was, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's just I know. loved it. Being a big Max Weinberg fan and a drummer myself, I got to see the show there uh, October twenty seventeen. So that was that was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I saw it. I guess it was. Uh, it might have been November twenty seventeen. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was late in twenty seventeen yeah. when he played uh, City Winery and. Um, it was pretty funny that night. I went with Dick Wingate, who is kind of uh, in Springsteen lore. Uh, he was one of the production managers at Columbia Records. 
And there's a famous picture of Dick in the in Dave Marsh's Born to Run book um, of Bruce and Dick looking over all the dark Frank Stefanko's uh, yeah, darkness photos. pictures. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And um, Max came out during the show and he pointed out Dick and then uh he said you know maybe we'll do a we'll do a springsteen song now and he saw me and he goes oh i bet mitch can sing this one and <laughs> didn't take much and i went up on stage and sang fire with him but it was it was a lot of fun yeah, the show's cool. a great show yeah a lot of fun a lot of fun good interaction with the crowd and the fans too with his shows which is really yeah cool yeah yep. so then i have uh january 9th bruce i guess comes back from vacation makes his return to springsteen on broadway took a couple weeks off there over the uh uh, Christmas, mm-hmm. New Year's there. So he's back doing the, the regular Tuesday to Saturday run at the theater. Every show sold out, you know, so right. cool stuff. So we got we got a little bit more Max here for the end of uh, January and February. We have, uh, I have January 18th, Max plays drums for, I guess, this new artist, Glenn Hansard, on Late Night with Seth Meyers. Now, I didn't see the clip. Uh, I looked. I searched YouTube. I couldn't find anything of it. So uh, did you see that by chance? Well, Glenn Hansard from the uh, from the movie Once. I suppose so. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm kind of out of touch yeah, with the won, new stuff. He but won. Yeah. He won the Oscar uh, for. Uh, um, uh, well, first it was a movie, and then they turned it into a Broadway uh, musical called Once, okay. and the song was called Falling Slowly, which won the uh, Academy Award. And Glenn Hansard actually does one of the great renditions of Drive All Night. Um, which he actually recorded with Jake. Um, So I know he's done stuff with other East Street players. Cool. Talented guy from Ireland. All right. So there's more of a connection there than I thought. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then we have the following night, uh, January 19th. Max makes an acting appearance on this this CBS show called Blue Bloods. Yeah, he plays this uh, this mob type kind of real estate mogul guy named... uh, Mario Vangelis. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I didn't see that. I couldn't find a clip on YouTube of that at all either. So uh, you know, I'll have to hopefully see that one day in reruns or something like that. Yeah, he's done a he's done a couple. He did a couple of Hawaii Five O episodes. Um, then he did some Blue Blood episodes, and yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he he loves doing that stuff. And anytime he gets asked, he's happy to do it. Yeah, cool, cool. So then we go into February, February 8th. I got a, I got a gig here with Max Weinberg's Jukebox. We talked about the tour. He did about, you know, 20, 25 shows uh, throughout the year, like, you know, a couple weeks at a time he would do. So he was out on the West Coast. Uh, he did a show at the Coach House in San Juan, Capistrano, California. Um, this is an interesting note I put down that he had a, there was a female sax player named uh, Mindy Abair. So she joined the band and they did a cover of Junior Walker's Shotgun, which is really oh, nice. cool. Yeah, so... Uh, there's a cool YouTube clip of that, so let me let me just drop that song in there. We'll hear that uh, shotgun. Check Love out Love that song. Yeah, and check out the big fat uh, groove and the snare drum on this with Max. Really cool.
April 4th was a, you know, a big day in history where it's the uh, 50th anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King. Bruce kind of did like just a little a message. I guess there was like a viral thing going on, like the Dream Still Lives video campaign right. where they were getting mm-hmm. people to kind of just comment on Martin Luther King. And, uh, you know, Bruce gave a little uh, message there from his dressing room at Broadway, which was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had that line every night in the in the you know in the show about uh, you know the arc of I uh, uh, forget the exact line right now. I should know it, but uh, it's a yeah. famous Martin Luther King uh, line from one of his speeches. So. The dream still lives. Martin had a beautiful quote: "The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice." My dream is to live in the world where that justice has come to fruition. Getting into the spring here, so we're in April. Uh, a lot of those great uh, live archives releases, like Once a Month by Nugs, all those mm-hmm. Springsteen shows. Right. One that was released in April that I was looking forward to. I'm a big sucker for the Magic tour. You right. know, I love that tour, the album. I think the band was firing on all cylinders. They were kind of in the prime of their kind of reunion comeback, I think, there, you know. And uh, this show is yep. notable being that they released the uh, Boston November 19th, 2007 show, which turned out to be Danny's last full gig with the band right <laughs> right so that was really cool yeah the i played a, i played a, a song from this on our episode 62 kind of when this record came out um but you know it's a real good show i really recommend that and there's you know some sweet moments with danny and bruce the yeah it's really nice and stuff right? yeah, yeah. this thing that I considered going to I don't know if you thought about it Mitch was this like weekend long Springsteen symposium that happened in the Monmouth uh, University you know this like mm-hmm. was organized by the Springsteen Archives Center that he you know donated right. a lot of his archives to a couple years ago and uh, this mm-hmm. was just kind of like a I guess a, a clinic kind of they had some keynote speakers lectures symposiums yeah. panels film screenings I went I did go my, um, my friend Rich Russo um was on a panel of one of those nights. Um, and Frank Stefanko was there. Actually, Dick Wingate, who I met earlier. Um, you know, a lot of really great stories, yeah. more than anything. It was really, uh, Monmouth has done a really great job in uh, taking everything that, um, it's a woman, her name is Lisa, I'm forgetting her last name, but she writes for Backstreet, so I was on East Street Radio with her once. She's really the, the person who, spent all those years putting these archives together and now they've you know they're held at monmouth university yes. yeah and i guess tom zimney was there too he, he i think they yes had, right they, they showed a promise i think maybe or 
Yes, Q &A right, you're right. Like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. cool, cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And then next weekend after that, we had Record Store Day. And, uh, you know, Springsteen's kind of put out a few, um, you know, releases on Record Store Day in the past. And this year he had the uh, greatest hits on double red vinyl, which was really beautiful. I had to buy one of those. Oh, it's fantastic. I love that. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we have all those songs. But I guess there's a couple on there we don't have. The side four, I guess there's the uh, Secret Garden, Murder Incorporated, stuff that's kind of more uh, rare right. to find on vinyls and uh, this hard land mm -hmm. is a good one too so mm -hmm. right of, being a collector was kind of nice to have those on vinyl finally you know yeah good packaging and it's you know it's a greatest hit so it's it's nice to have that collection of songs absolutely i'm kind of hoping he'll do something with the rising because they're you know there's so limited amount of copies of vinyl of the rising that would be a great record store day yeah i think uh, that's all i'm missing i'm just missing the rising and uh the only vinyl I don't have right now. That's the only one I don't have. Oh, uh, Devils and Dust. I need that one too. Mm -hmm. Devils and Dust. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> no, the Rising. I've, you know, I've been offered it for three hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. Yeah, it's but, coming. It's coming. Uh, at, at least in the album collection, volume three. If you got to wait for that, it'll, that's coming. It'll, it'll get out there. Yeah. It'll get out there at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on April twenty fourth, we have uh, Bruce made a special appearance with Patti Smith. He was on stage at the Beacon Theater in New York. They had a screening yep. of her uh, horses documentary, and I guess mm -hmm. they had a surprise kind of uh, a quick little performance there. And Bruce joined her for "Because of the Night" and "People Have the Power." But I'm not really yeah. a big Patty Smith fan. What do you think of her? I listen. I, I I think she's an incredible talent. I actually have enjoyed. I actually enjoyed her book probably more than uh, some of her records over the years. Um, an interesting two Patty Smith uh, things that are interesting. Listen to the song Frederick. Um, it's a song that she recorded in the 70s. And the intro to Frederick, it, um, uh, Roy Bitten um, helped write. And Roy uses that. It's part of the 78 intro to Prove It All Night. Right, okay. So if you, if you listen to the song Frederick, you hear the same chords and the same keys and and Roy on keyboards. Right. So I've always, always loved that song. And I didn't find out till years later that Roy was involved in it. Um, because it's like, my God, wait, that's the, that's the 78 prove it intro. Yeah. And you know, it's that song. And, uh, a friend of mine, Esther, um, was actually at that Patty Smith, uh, concert. Um, she's actually friends with Patty Smith and, um, she was backstage and got a, uh, I know, you know, was very excited to see Bruce and, Patty yeah. performed because the night together, which I've seen a couple times. It's it's a nice moment. Yeah, it's kind of odd though. I think to hear Bruce sing that second verse, the di the different one, because they changed the verses, right? So the second verse on this performance, yeah. he's singing about that that telephone line thing. You know, I always like right. his lyrics better: the desire and hunger, the fire I breathe, stay in my right. bed which in the morning she, comes. Which, yeah, which which he kind of wrote afterwards. After you know, yeah. he was struggling with that. He gave it to Patty to finish, um, and she finished it. She tells the story that she was waiting for her uh, boyfriend to uh, call her, yeah. and that's kind of what, what Sonic Sonic's Smith. was all about. Yep. Yeah, and then, Sonic's right. And Bruce plays a guitar solo, and it's uh, it's a little restrained, you know? Like, the band he's playing with is not the Eastry band at all, so he yeah, plays a guitar solo, and you can tell he's kind of holding back a little bit. You know? <laughs> and I want to thank this fellow.
this song always think makes me think. This song always makes me think of three men. Fred Sonic Smith, who inspired it. Jimmy Iovine, who produced it. And Bruce Springsteen. interesting when I see Bruce without the E Street Band. Uh, I remember, I guess this was back in 20, might have been 16 or 17 at one of the Light of Day shows. No, it was the Asbury Park Film Festival. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually, this was, uh, this was in, this was, was this, this no, that might have been 20, no, it was. I mean, well, that was a terrible performance, right? It was a horrible performance. Yeah, they did like the was, Little Richard songs. Just, it was awful, yeah, it was last yeah. year. It was, yeah, yeah, it was in 2017. And it was just terrible. And Bruce, you could just see, he just finally gave up and just walked off the stage. Yeah. Uh, he just, you know, was so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> so then May 1st and 2nd, uh, Cool Little Thing Nils returns to uh, Crazy Horse with Neil Young. Did a couple of shows. Yeah. Crazy Horse played it in Fresno, and uh, Frank uh, Poncho San Pedro wasn't available to do those, so Neil stepped up, which is pretty cool. Right. We uh, played a, a song from that in uh, 
our up there was like summer update e street episode episode 62 i think a week later in may may 6 bruce inducts little steven into the new jersey hall of fame which was a, good that was a hell of a night yeah it they, was uh, it was it was really fun uh they had a little party beforehand um you know kind of in the uh, promenade area um and uh it was just you know, it was a great night. Harlan Coben, who I know is a great writer um, and a huge, huge Bruce, Bruce Springsteen fan, and many of his books quotes Bruce. He was inducted that night into the Hall of Fame, as well as Stephen, um, as well as um, uh, the astronaut Scott. Uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting his last name right now. Um, and also, um, uh, it's raining men. The, um, Oh my God! The Weather What's Girls, or the the Weather Girls was the band. Who, the, who wrote that song? No, yeah. No wait, it's not. It's either. Oh my God, I'm confusing her. <laughs> it's not. It's either. It's rain. What's it? It's raining uh, man. It's is definitely other, Weather Girls. It's like one of those yeah, type of songs. It's not. It's not. It's rain. It's not. It's raining man. It's <laughs> it's another song like that from the '70s. I yeah. should have done my research. Um, it'll come to felt. It might. It, it'll come to me. All but right. uh, she sang as well. But. It was it was a great night, and Bruce, you know, as always, delivered a great speech, um, and uh, and that was fun. Yeah, good stuff. Check out our episode sixty two. We played both those speeches, um, you know, right. and then they played. Uh, I think uh, little Stephen played uh, Soul Fire, and then Bruce got up right. for I don't want to go home. Right. Yeah, he got up. He did. I don't want to go home that night. Yep. Right. And and actually, I don't know if it was the week before or the week after uh, was the annual Kristen Ann Carr. Um, fund i don't know if you have that in your in your calendar i, uh, I know it's no, always... not that one they did, they did like a benefit show again yeah well it wasn't this year was this year um it was at tribeca grill as it always is and bruce bruce was there um bruce did not perform that night um it was uh danny clinch and the tangiers band performed and jackson brown performed on stage and bruce just watched and Bruce was in as one of those nights when when, you know, Bruce's this happens sometimes, you know, and I don't know if it's his medication or he's exhausted from the play, but he was just sort of like in a zone in his own world. And yeah. I was actually in a conversation with him and Dick Wingate and you could just see just he was not getting up and playing that night. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was there and he was hanging out and and Jackson Brown got up and then Eddie Vedder walked in out of nowhere um apparently he had seen the bruce on broadway the night before right. so he he showed up and he jammed and did all along the watchtower um with jackson brown and danny clinch and the tangiers band with bruce watching cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> so then may little steven and the disciples of soul uh launched their teacher appreciation tour so this was a yeah. kind of a cool little tour they put together uh with like music education being the theme of it where in each city uh teachers can register for uh, like a free workshop on incorporating music programs into the curriculum that they would come to the school and, 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 you know, spread the word that way. And they also got two free tickets to the show, which, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being a, a music teacher myself, uh, I'm really behind that as the ways like music and the arts is kind of being, uh, taken away from the curriculum of schools. And I find it very important, uh, you know, so that's a really cool thing Stephen was doing. I, I have to tell you, I think it's really one of the top E street stories of the year. I mean, I, I went to many of these shows, um, I've been involved a little bit with teachrock.org and it, the, 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 shows, the shows obviously are fantastic, but the, the sessions that Steven did, uh, with the teachers and, you know, I went to some small little towns as well as, 
I just saw them last week in Anaheim, the one of the last shows. Yeah. They finished up last night in Phoenix with Nils. But, um, the, the, you know, just really great. And, and people have to realize that, you know, Stephen has such a passion, and he specifically picked the cities where there were teacher strikes and where there was a lot of mm-hmm. unrest, and he felt the teachers were being really disrespected. And, you know, this was not about money, this, this tour. This tour was purely, I mean, you know, just about – giving these teachers the opportunity and uh i, I give i give steve, steve a lot of credit it was a 50 you know the same band 15 members yeah well he's um, touring with a 15 piece band there's no way he's making money you know <laughs> no of course of course and they're all they're all good guys i'll actually be hanging with one of the trumpet players tomorrow night robbie best um at a party he lives in the town next to me and he's 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 awesome and Eddie, of course, and Rib- Ribbler and Banana. I mean, the, it, you know, the, it's just just a great band. Yeah, so, good times. I hope that hats continues. Off to Stevie. Absolutely. I got a, a a cool little quote from Bruce from that uh, speech of the induction to the New Jersey Hall of Fame, where Bruce is talking about uh, little Stevens' Teach Rock program brings an essential curriculum of music and culture in a school and makes it available at no cost to educators in a time of cutbacks and arts funding. Steve's programs are keeping kids engaged in the arts and in school. This is his greatest legacy. So then we go to May 18th. Nils Lofkin kicks off a UK tour. He's calling it 50 Years Up the Road, where he's kind of, you know, putting this show together uh, like an acoustic show, him and another guy, um, and just kind of a look back on his 50-year career, you know, spotlighting his solo career, uh, music he did with Grin, you know, stuff working Uh with Neil Young, you know, Bruce Springsteen, kind of stuff like that. Sure. Um, yeah, you didn't see any of the shows, I guess. He was like on, only on the West Coast, I think, maybe in the U.S. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I, I've seen Nils so many times, but not yeah. not this year. And I, I, I tell you, I consider myself so lucky. I, I went to school in D.C. and Nils. There was a radio station there, WHFS, out of Bethesda, Maryland, and their kind of their claim to fame was kind of discovering Nils. And Nils played a tremendous amount of shows um in that area because he's from from that area in maryland initially right and uh you know i got to meet him when i was doing a lot of radio and and his his concerts i mean were just you know they were just amazing and that's why when you know in 84 when it was announced that nils was joining the band i mean i was you know obviously very bummed out about steven but when i heard nils i was just like beside myself and i remember a friend of mine um who i go to a tremendous amount of shows with Who's Nils Lofgren? I'm like, who's Nils Lofgren? You have, I mean, you have no, you have, dude, you have no idea what you're going to see on that stage. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and that Born in the USA tour on Cadillac Ranch, my friend's like, yeah, I guess he's pretty good. I'm like, yeah, listen, try to listen to No Mercy or Keith Don't Go. Yeah. He was and, doing like, wasn't he doing backflips on that tour? Like kind of, yeah, thing, oh, yeah. And cowboy yeah. hats and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then yeah. Nils would return, um, Later in September, the U.S. and do like twelve dates, I think, in, in the U.S. Uh, same kind of tour. And he's coming. Nils is co- Nils is coming off surgery, by the way, to do this. Right. Tour. Yeah. 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 Because he he canceled. He had some gigs. Was it a year ago? And he postponed yeah. them because of this. Yeah. And this is kind of the makeup stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting thing about the U.S. shows, though, was he's still doing the duo kind of acoustic thing. But for the U.S. gigs, he brought his three brothers, Tom, Mike, and Mark, mm-hmm. on stage right. with him. Right. So it was kind of a, a whole Lofgren brothers celebration <laughs> right yeah but one of the th- things I, I dug um from his uh uk tour is there's a, he was playing if i should fall behind 
uh, mm. in, in his set because he was talking about how much he loves that song. And he, he tells a, a yeah. cool little story about, you know, playing that with Bruce and, uh, you know, Bruce forgetting the lyrics. And Bruce and Clarence are going off to New Orleans, I think it was, just on a couple days off. And there was an extra seat on a very tiny plane. Uh, it was kind of very heady for me. I said, hey, you want to come along? And so I tagged along, went to New Orleans. And on the night off, we'd go to nightclubs and jam. Uh, this particular night, it was just me and Bruce and went to a couple bars. So we're in this basement bar in New Orleans with a pretty good rock band and we're jamming. And, you know, I'm just playing guitar, Bruce is leading. And, he says, let's do Boom Boom by the animal. Great song. So Bruce sings it, and you know, I'm just sitting there grooving with the band. And he walks over to me and whispers in my ear, what's the next verse? <laughs> and of course, you know, I, you know, need you right now. You know, uh, there's so many of them, and I couldn't remember a single one. I just drew a blank. And I freaked out, because I knew all these verses. And I wanted to help my friend out, and we just stared at each other, and he looked at me, and I was like, he realized I had the same problem he did, and he just kind of smiled and walked away, and I couldn't help him, and it bummed me out, because I way too wrapped up in my job, uh, being a musician, kind of that happens sometimes. So anyway, that always bothered me in a silly way, and years went by, about nine years later, I met the Stone Pony in Asbury Park, where incidentally I met my lovely wife Amy, who's here tonight with the t-shirts and merch. And by the way, after the show, I'll be happy to come out and slam anything you like. And uh, anyway, uh, I play the pony with an electric band, and Bruce comes and sits in, we do some blues numbers, and I say, hey, we, we do a version of I Should Fall Behind. Do you wanna sit in and keep playing? He said, sure. And I said, look, I'll take the first verse, you take the second. And we'll figure it out after that. He said, great. So we started this electric version. Band's playing great. I sing the first verse. It goes well. Bruce walks up to the mic to sing. And he walks away. <laughs> he walks up to me and goes, what's the second verse? <laughs> I knew it. I told him the words. <laughs> he went back and sang the words. And so my wildly neurotic musician's head, I felt like nine years later I made amends for my screw that nobody cared about, including him, in a funky bar basement in New Orleans. Anyway, a beautiful tune, I'll sing it for you if I should fall down. We said that we could walk together But each lover's down. 
on if i should fall behind in new york city you know during the the uh you know madison square garden in the reunion tour yeah. i mean that that i mean they're all great you know they each go in the front of the stage and i remember being there all those nights and that was you know uh, that and hearing land of hope and dreams for the first time on that on that tour but but that version and especially nils i think it was nils and patty together it was just beautiful yeah, the voices they they blend. I love on Mur the Murder Incorporated background vocals that they did together. This is oh, so great. Yeah, great. Love that. Yeah. Once we were kids playing King of the Mountain on the end, world came charging up the hill, and we were women, we were men. Yeah, we stood by each other's side, each one fighting for the other. And we swore on till we died we'd always be blood brothers. May 18th, we got a big Bruce Springsteen vinyl box set came out. I bought the uh, album collection Volume 2 was released. Now this mm -hmm. was like, uh, you know, six or seven of his records. Tunnel of Love, The Chimes of Freedom EP, Human Touch, Lucky Town, The Blood Brothers EP, Ghost right. of Tom Joad, MTV Plug. So, uh, you know, I was happy to get this collection because I had a few things that I'd never owned on vinyl, Human Touch, Lucky Town. 
Um, you know that Blood Brothers EP was really cool. You know. Same here. I it, that 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 definitely helped me uh, fill in my vinyl collection, and I've been I've been loving. I've been I don't know. I've, I can't tell you how much I listen to Tunnel Love on vinyl this year. <laughs> so good. I wonder why they, they made it a two LP thing, which I never got. It's uh, yeah. it, it was unnecessary to put that. Uh, t- no, two it was, records. It, it, that's too short. It's annoying. Yeah, it, it, it's annoying, especially if you're. Sometimes I'm you know trying to work out while listening to them, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe you know. It was just like Ain't Got You, and you know. Uh, brilliant disguise and one other song and boom yeah you kind of you kind of miss the flow like i like the flow of the record how it's side one and then the way side two opens with you know tunnel of love right so they lose points for that but otherwise it's a great collection you know the vinyl sounds great there's a nice little booklet going like all through all the years with all the presents yeah like that a lot of great photos great great photos memorabilia from from those tours yep so cool Now we're going into June, I guess. Uh, right. Uh, my notes here. June, uh, June 10th, Tony Awards. You know, Bruce right. receives that special award because I guess they didn't mm-hmm. really have anything that would fit. Right. He kind of category that he would fit in, so they just wanted to kind of give him props. And I'm sure they wanted him to perform and you know boost the ratings of the program. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, trust me, it was probably one of the highest ratings moments ever in Tony Award history. And and you know, I thought it was great. It was you know, I, I remember. There was a tremendous amount of debate. What's he going to play? What's he going to play? You know, and, yeah. and you know, having seen the show on Broadway, I was debating and I was thinking. And and I, I have to tell you, I my hometown was not what I thought he was going to play. I, I was actually uh, um, pleasantly surprised. I think it worked really well. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, I I thought it was just going to, you know, rock out and maybe do the intro to Dancing in the Dark, which is really great um, in the show. So, but. It was it 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 worked. Yeah, it was a, he, he he brought the moment, man. Especially after that uh that Robert De Niro intro where <laughs> oh, <my laughs> where he just God. came out. Was, yeah, fuck Trump, yeah. Robert De Niro. <laughs> uh, God bless God, God bless Robert De Niro. Let yeah. me tell you. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, listen, that we'll be. I think we'll be talking in 2019 about 
uh, Bruce hitting the EGOT because, you know, he got the Grammy, he's got the Oscar, he now has the Tony, and I would, wouldn't be surprised a year from now we'll be talking how Bruce picked up his Emmy for, uh, you know, the Broadway Netflix special. I guess does that count as a TV program kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, right? it'll, be, it'll, <laughs> it'll fit into, you know, they have a category in the Emmys for, um, like, uh, music i don't know there's there's a couple different variety categories. shows or like yeah stand, that it's, yeah. it's going to fit in and you, you know the emmys are going to want to have bruce so it, it and you know not many people get the egot as they call it yeah. and uh i think this will get it for him cool uh june 18th we have bruce joins the danny clinch tangiers blues band to rechristen the asbury lanes bowling alley uh, so we talked about that on that episode 62 i mentioned previously. Uh, such a tough ticket i was so trying to get in on that you had to be a re- you had to be a resident of asbury park yeah literally you had to show driver's license even to buy the ticket so with the exception of about 10 to 12 people who were connected to bruce or danny one way or another one of which i know uh, was there? Um, they got they got a special treat. Nice. June. We're into July. Yeah. Uh, not much. You know, there's lots of photography books being released. I noticed lots of like art showings yeah. and stuff like that. So it seems like all right. the side people were like, oh, let's do something. Even like the photographers and we talked about yeah. that Bruce convention weekend where they're just doing seminars. So you yeah, know, lots of stuff still going on. Yeah. No. Yeah. Danny Clinch put out his book. Frank Stefanko actually earlier in the year. Um, I think it was about a year ago. Uh, well, you know what? No, that would have been 2017 when Frank did his Marson gallery. He did it in Rome, um, this in 2018, but Frank, um, did have, uh, his book, but that right. I think it was late 2017 to be, to keep it in the right year. Right. <laughs> uh, mid July, we got some sort of bad news there. Uh, July 13th, George, uh, George Thice. Uh, Bruce's bandmate from his teen band, the, the Castiles, he right. passed away from lung cancer, which would make Bruce kind of the sole survivor from that band. Yeah. You know, and I guess the story goes, Juice, uh, George was dating Bruce's sister, Virginia, at the right. time, and he kind of heard that she had uh, she had an older brother that could play, and so he invited Bruce to join the band kind of thing, right? And that's where mm-hmm. it all kind of started. <laughs> it's, that's how it all started, yeah. It must be, must be very bittersweet for Bruce to be this last surviving member of the Castiles at this yeah. point. The Castiles, yeah. Yeah.
July 18th, we have uh, Billy Joel played his 100th show at Madison Square right. Garden. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bruce stopped by at the end of the show to play a couple songs. They mm-hmm. did uh, 10th Avenue Freeze Out and Born to Run. Right. Yeah, they did it together. And it was, uh, you know, it was one of those moments you just sort of knew. When I saw that on the calendar, yeah. I, I was I, I was going to be away. but I And I said, 100th show, Bruce around the corner. It was a night he wasn't playing. You know, it, it, it was not a shocker to me, but uh, <laughs> it's always it's always fun seeing Bruce and Billy together. I've seen seen that a couple times over the years, and, and uh, you know, they, they, they have a good time together. I think they have a lot of fun. Yeah, good times on that 10th Avenue freezer.
So the summer, yeah, we have June, July, Little Stevens on tour in Europe. And then in August, uh, a great release. He releases uh, Soulfire Live, three CD yeah. set. So you get two discs of the entire full show, you know, and then the third disc, which was the one which was the selling point for me, was this, this uh, third disc of rarities and covers, mm-hmm. which was kind of like the one-off songs he would play um, depending on which town he was in, you know, which special occasion he was doing a gig right. on, you know, which was, you know, mm-hmm. really awesome. So this set is high recommend. It's about, uh, it's over 200 minutes total, you know, over these three discs. Just an amazing set. You grabbed it, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I, I grabbed it for many reasons, but if you, if you do pick it up and you pick up the little booklet, you will see a picture of my mom. I saw that, um, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, <laughs> and, and Steven surprised me. I didn't even know that. And uh, when it came out, um, saw him, you know, it was one of the shows, and he's like, did you see the book? I'm like, wow. I said, that was really nice. And I even got a credit in there, yeah, uh, some kind of a production credit, which <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but uh, I was happy to take it. And um, I'm anxious because they produced a beautiful video. I've seen part of it. Yeah. Um, and they're going to release that probably in February. Um and it's a it's a beautiful you know video like a full uh, show from, concert performance yeah it's a DVD. full show concert and includes it includes um, actually uh, I took vid- I happened to be in the front row on May twenty eighth night uh, two thousand seventeen uh, at the uh, uh, Count Basie in Red Bank and when Bruce got on stage and they did Tenth Avenue Freeze Out together right, right. it's been a long time um, and. Uh, and they took some of my video and, and they were live on Sirius that night. And I know they're, that's going to be part of that collection. Um, so yeah, if, if anyone hasn't had a chance to see that tour, or even if you have, um, I, I, I think it's just great. I'm anxious, so anxious to hear the new record. Steven says they're pretty much done. I know they recorded a lot, uh, in October and in November. Um, and, um, from what, I've heard so far and from what Eddie Mannion's told me and some other guys, it's going to be going to be really great. So cool. So cool. I love that version of even losers. They kept uh, playing the Tom Petty song. When I saw the show in October, uh, 2017, it was just after Tom had passed and they were opening the show with that, which was, uh, yeah, that's right. So that's great. right.
Got shackles on my wrist Soon my slipping had begun Chain me in a box in the river And rising in the sun Trust none of what you hear And less of what you see This is what will be This is what will be September 5th, we get some fake news here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was on I was on a tour working on a cruise ship uh, playing Ringo in a in a Beatles tribute band on a cruise ship in Russia. When I looked when I got, when I read this story, that kind of said that uh, you know Bruce was going to do he's got one more tour in him or something like that, right. right? And he was going to like do one more E Street Band tour, and it seems you know plausible. Like he's 70. Right. These guys are senior citizens now, right? You're you're hearing all these bands doing farewell tours and stuff like that. But uh, right. <laughs> you know, Stephen kind of retorted uh, quickly with that. What did he say? Uh, he said it's been an am- he said it's been an amazing run for him, and then he's going to take some time off. I didn't say that. I said he deserves right. time off. I think the right. E Street Band has one more tour, then maybe that will be that. Completely made up, 100% fiction. Fucking amazing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was bullshit. That they made that sentence up. Completely pure bullshit. We will tour forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's uh, that's 100% nonfiction, straight from the source. Source, you know. So. <laughs> I'm anxious to hear about your Ringo performance in Russia. <laughs> oh, that was great, man. It was amazing. Uh, you know, we uh, I've done that a few times on the cruise ship. You know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, people love the Beatles. You know. Yeah. Well, they do, no matter where you go. That's right, yeah. Uh, so where are we now? September 23rd, uh, mm-hmm. 2018, Bruce Springsteen turns 69 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Bruce is like, uh, he's like six, seven weeks younger than my dad, so mm-hmm. I always make that comparison. <laughs> yeah. And then a week later, 69-year-old Bruce Springsteen joins Social Distortion on stage for three yeah. songs at the Asbury Park See Here Now Festival. Which right. was great. I love Social Distortion. I love Mike Ness. I love Bruce Springsteen. So it's always great when you know two of your heroes kind of mm-hmm. get together. You know, so Springsteen joined the band. They played Bad Luck. They played Misery Loves Company, which was a song Bruce duetted with Mike Ness on one of his solo records. And right. they did Ring of Fire. Really great. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was it, yeah. I I had been to a couple of the performances the day before. And I, I, you know, it was one of those things I knew he was going to be there and I just couldn't get there that night. And, um, it was, it was kind of crazy, but, uh, it was, it was fun. Um, it was really a fun outdoor show yeah. and the weather happened to be really good. And it's funny. I, I just saw Mike Ness in Anaheim. He was at Stevens. Uh, he didn't get up on stage, but he was in, he was hanging out in a crowd, cool. um, during Steven's show at the uh, house of blues. Yeah. Mike Ness is badass, And I think, I think Bruce kind of likes to be, you know, around Mike Ness and kind of, you know, an edge and kind of a hard rock and punk band a little bit. I think he likes yeah. that for a change every once in a while, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just kind of sitting around doing nothing. And I said, maybe you could come to my show or come to our show and sing a song or two. You know what I'm talking about? Our good friend Bruce, come here.
feel the same way you do. We feel the same way you do, people. Right, so then little Steven comes back to America in October, October 18. Mm-hmm. He launches uh, his, uh, you know, an American leg of this, uh, you know, this teacher's mm-hmm. tour uh, would go through December 16th. He just mentioned, just wrapped up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then October 19th, we have a three CD set released by Apple Seeds, which is that kind of anniversary, uh, uh, you know, uh, compilation of this record, this folk record label, which was founded by Jim right. Musselman in the late mm-hmm. 90s. You know, and this kind of was inspired by, uh, you know, the communal musical and social activism of Pete Seeger. You know, so Bruce contributed uh, We Shall Overcome to the label back in the late 90s, right? For that first kind of Pete Seeger tribute record that the record did. And Mm -hmm. uh, at that time, Bruce also recorded uh, If I Had a Hammer around him, right? So he contributes that song, finally gets released on this compilation, which is really cool. Kind of a, you know, a darker version of that, which is different than the kind of Johnny uh, Johnny Cash version, the uh, the great yeah. Leonard Nimoy version, which I'm familiar with, you know. <laughs> uh, it's classic, the Leonard Nimoy version. Yeah. So, <laughs> but Bruce has got a different take on this Pete Seeger, Lee Hayes song, you know. Yeah, I'm glad Shatner never did it. But... <laughs> if I had a hammer. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> if I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the
And on October 23rd, Steve Van Zant delivers the keynote address at the New Jersey School Boards Association. So this yep. is once again with that, uh, you know, talking about addressing the importance of music in the teaching curriculum of schools. And, uh, you know, he had a yeah. really good speech, you know, important and, you know, always funny when Steve gets on the mic, right? Yeah, I, 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 I um, actually was on the Board of Education for two terms in my town. I've been to that convention. So I went down um, there and I was at the convention and then saw Stephen that night at Hard Rock. Uh, they, you know, they performed at Hard Rock that night. And, um, and you know, he's, his, his big line is, you know, we're going to take turn STEM, which is, you know, science, technology, engineering and mathematics, and we're going to turn it into STEAM. Yeah. And we're going to add a for the arts that's right and that you know was kind of his big his big line in there and and uh teachers ate it up and it was terrific and and the atlantic city show was was a lot of fun really yeah. fun cool yeah. stuff ladies and gentlemen mr stephen van zant I got good news and I got bad news. <laughs> the bad news is this may be the most challenging time in the history of education. No hyperbole intended. For you Jersey City guys, that means I shit you not. <laughs> the uncertainty of our technological revolution regarding our future workforce with virtually no direction from our government must be extraordinarily challenging for you. And as if that wasn't enough, we are experiencing the biggest generation gap since the one I led in the 60s. Ours was a consciousness gap. We rejected norms regarding societal obligation and unquestioning loyalty and belief and whatever our government and teachers told us. But this gap may prove to be even more insidious in its division between generations. This generation isn't rejecting norms. They don't even know or care about them. Yes, we embraced the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, but we knew and respected Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett. This generation thinks Paul McCartney is some old man Kanye found in a homeless shelter. So I sympathize, this is a challenging time. That's the bad news. The good news is this may be an opportunity to evolve. I'm not saying it's gonna be easy, but if we don't panic, there is an opportunity here for creativity, as well as re-examining our aging methodology that frankly was barely functioning for my generation not that I'm uh, any example of any uh, average student. I mean, they, they did have the good sense to throw me out several times. But the old learn this now because someday you'll use it, trust me, ain't gonna fly with these kids, you know? Uh, they didn't have the attention span for 140 characters, so they had to go to pictures to communicate, you know? This is a really tough and very different uh, generation. 
they've never seen credits on a music album. They think music falls off trees. But part of the good news is these kids are very into music, and that's going to save the day. Because the arts triggers parts of the brain that are much more useful than we thought, as it turns out. Yes, we have to cover the basics. Of course, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics have their purpose, without a doubt. But we're finding out is their very specificity can limit imagination in these fields. It is the arts that opens up the part of the brain that encourages curiosity, exploration, adventure, imagination, and unlimited possibilities. By the arts being so specifically nonspecific, it is the arts that will improve our accomplishment in science and mathematics and the rest. Now, I know your evaluation comes from test scores, but somehow we must deal with the hardcore reality, the existential truth, that testing is not learning. Let me say that again. Testing is not learning. I understand everybody's finances these days depends on testing, so we have to find a way to teach our kids in spite of that. But you can be proud of the fact that you are leading the way by putting the A in STEAM, and now we have to change STEM to STEAM in every school system in this country and put the arts back into our school system. You did it. Our music history curriculum, teachrock.org, is dedicated to one simple truth. And that one simple truth is our society's challenge and your challenge and every teacher's challenge going forward if we're going to evolve into a happy, functioning society. We need to teach our kids how to think, not what to think. Let's take the chains off. Let's open up the right side of our brain to help the left side be more successful. And yes, our military is important, our police are important, our firemen are important, firefighters are important. They're all underappreciated and they're all underpaid. But there is no group more important than our teachers, who are truly on the front lines in the war against ignorance every single day. And your understanding of that and your support of our teachers is what makes it all work. Thank you. November 5th, we have Bruce performing at the, once again, at the Stand Up for Heroes event. Uh, right. This happened at Madison Square Garden in, I think, the, the small theater within the gardens yep. there. And, uh, you know, Bruce has always been on this year after year. He plays a yep. couple songs acoustically, and he's kind of known for telling some bad, dirty jokes. Really bad. Things, right? <laughs> they get worse every year. They do. Like, it's almost like he tries to, to top himself with, oh, with the, the bad jokes, right? So... <laughs> So I would be remiss if I didn't play a Bruce Springsteen uh, bad, dirty joke right now. <laughs> I'm not a comedian, but uh, when I come here, I tell the joke. But my jokes are not comedian jokes, so uh, you got to cut them a little slack. But uh, a guy is a piano player. He's looking for work. Goes into an agent's office, and, he, and the agent says, well, let me hear what you got. You know, so the piano player uh, plays... Uh, 
song angels here says what is one of the most beautiful things he's ever heard. Tears are coming down his cheeks. He's going, oh my God. When the man stopped, he said, that's one of the most beautiful pieces of music I ever heard. What, what's it called? He goes, uh, it's called Hot Tits and Ass on Saturday Night. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay. What else you got? I plays another piece. Uh, when he's done, the agent's in tears. He goes, that's, that's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. What is that called? That's called uh, My Ten-Year-Old Son's Addicted to Porn. <laughs> on Broadway is continuing. We're in November now. November 14th was a, a big date for me because, you know, throughout this run, there was always, you know, guest stars showing up mm -hmm. at the show, right? And then you would see the right. fo this photo after of, uh, you know, Bruce backstage with so-and-so and, oh, so-and-so right. was here to see the show, right? So on November 14th, Sylvester Stallone goes to see Springsteen on Broadway, right? So, <laughs> so it was cool. He posted a video on his Instagram of like the end bows there and, you know, shows Sly applauding. And then there's a, mm -hmm. there's a photo that came out backstage of the two of them laughing, you know, and, uh, you know, just personally, it's just like a really big moment for me. You know, two of my heroes connecting, you know, Bruce Springsteen, Rocky Balboa, you know? <laughs> so back in, back in a little, um, inside baseball here, back in 2016, at uh, the uh, final night, at the dump that rocks the LA sports Coliseum show. Um, Stallone was there yep. and, and, you know, he saw Bruce backstage and he comes, comes to his seat and, and the whole place is screaming, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. <laughs> and the great irony that a lot of people, well, people in LA maybe knew this, but a lot of other people didn't know is that the famous, the fight scenes from Rocky one, all the Apollo Creed, Bal uh, Rocky Balboa scenes were filmed in the LA sports arena on that exact same stage that Bruce was performing that night. Yeah. That's amazing. But I gotta be, I got, I know he's, I know he's your hero, but it still bothers me because he was gone by the third song that night. That night. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe he was getting harassed. Who knows? Yeah. Right? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he stayed for the entire performance here at Bruce on Broadway. Oh, nobody leaves that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> You know, it's great. It makes sense to me that Rocky Balboa would be a Bruce Springsteen fan. You know, I, I like the connection with those two. You know, and Sylvester Stallone being a writer, too. You know, I can see how he would be a Springsteen fan. You know, I like, you know, I always go back to, you know, learning life lessons from Springsteen songs and life lessons, life lessons from Rocky. You know, that big speech he gives in Rocky Balboa. When he Absolutely. Kinda, when he kind of tells his, his son where it's at is kind of just as powerful to me as anything Springsteen has written. You know, I just love it. You know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. 
Now with all this going on, this is gonna be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, what, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself, and this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only gonna end up bad for you, and it's gonna end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah, in a way you are. That's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? You ain't going to believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son. You're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother. November 22nd, uh, Netflix um, puts this movie out called Christmas Chronicles, starring Kurt Russell, <laughs> right? Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Featuring little Steven and the Disciples of Soul who show up in a jail scene, you know, with Santa Claus. And, uh, you know, they, they end up uh, performing this song, Santa Claus is Back in Town, which I think yeah. is kind of cool. That's like an Elvis Christmas song from the 50s, right? Kurt Russell actually gave one of my favorite performances portraying Elvis in a 1979 biopic, which Great. is kind of cool, right? So I love yeah. Kurt Russell. I love little oh. Steven, so it was pretty. It was pretty awesome. And Let I me love tell Elvis, you, those, you guys, <laughs> those guys, in that, those guys, they had so much fun filming that. I think that I think it was filmed back in May or April or something like that, like months before. Yeah. And and uh, Stephen wanted Maureen. Maureen's in there. Yeah, and, she's in there on and, shakers or something like that. Tampering. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I love. I lo That's a great scene. Just so great. Cool. So cool. Yeah. Falling on the ground It's Christmas time Pretty 
Got no sleigh with reindeer. No sack on my back. You gonna see me coming in a big black Cadillac. Oh, it's Christmas time, pretty baby. And the snow is falling on the ground. Well, you be a real good little baby. Santa Claus is back in town. Talk to me, lady. Piano in this joint. Oh. One more thing. Hang up your pretty stockings. Turn out the lights. Santa Claus is coming down your chimney tonight. Oh, it's Christmas time, pretty baby. And the snow is falling on the ground. Oh, you be a real good little baby. Santa Claus is back in town. Listen to me now. Will you be a real good little baby? Cause Santa Claus is back in town. So yeah, that's about it. We're coming up to December here. December 15th, we have the release date for Springsteen on Broadway soundtrack. Released right. on CD and streaming, and it was supposed to be released on vinyl. And I, I, had, my, I had mine pre-ordered months ago, and I was waiting for it to put under my Christmas tree. You know, and I was looking forward to opening it on Christmas Day. And this was going to be my Springsteen moment of the year, was listening to Springsteen on Broadway on vinyl. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to wait until January for the vinyl, right? It got pushed. Yeah, back. you know what? I don't know how they blew that. I, 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 it really, it really bugged me when I got the email that yeah. that was going to be held off to January. I mean, I'm, I'm not one to, to, to be critical, but I was like, come on, guys, you know, perfect for the holidays. Oh, they had and, to know it was the Christmas present of the year for all the Springsteen fans, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, uh, like, you know, the present became. Uh, December 16th at 3 a.m. Yeah, let's talk about that. You know, at least I got to hear it. I got to see the show. Netflix finally debuted. Springsteen on Broadway at midnight Pacific time. Um, you know, a few hours after Brink's Springsteen closed the final show on uh, right. December 15th there. And the final show is an interesting thing to talk about. I, I was actually interviewed for a story in Wall Street Journal last Thursday that came out. Because at that point, there were tickets selling as high as $42,000. Nobody was oh, paying ridiculous. that amount. But, you know, people on average uh, paid, uh, unless they you know already had a seat, you know, somewhere in the seven dollars to $10,000 uh, in the orchestra for that night. And, you know, I don't know what they thought was going to happen. You know, like he was going to do a five-hour set and, and the Holy Street Band was going to show up. He did the same show. Yeah. He did it a little longer. He told the stories were kind of elongated a little bit. He had a little bit more of the thank you at the end, mm -hmm. but he didn't even play this hard land. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, he threw in any of the extra songs. So right. uh, it was just, you know, what I think he wanted, which was just a great finish to the night. 
and uh, ran across the street to Hurley's and hung out with, um, you know, everybody that worked backstage on the show. We got up on the bar. Danny Clinch actually took that video that's out there. Um, Bruce thanking everybody. And then I think that he went to some uh, private party that I know Oprah Winfrey was at um, because she was at the final performance. Yeah. So, yeah, the thing I guess we're talking about now is the the Netflix special, which aired. Uh, yeah. You know, we're recording this the day of the, you know, the Monday after the Sunday that it aired. And uh, right. I, I saw it for the first time last night. I had uh, I had three of my buddies over. We sat around the couch and we watched, you know, we, we got teary-eyed. We laughed mm-hmm. our ha- asses off. I, I couldn't believe how funny he is. You know, like I love Springsteen. I think he's hilarious. But man, he was like almost a stand-up comedian with some of these bits. So like the timing was perfect. Like he's got this show dialed in, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, you know, it was good that they, fil- they filmed it in July over two nights. And it was an invitation-only audience. Um, and... Uh, uh, a friend of mine was at the show and, and said he just was just so spot on. But you know, as as the tour as the tour matured, um, and having seen it opening night and then having seen it, um, you know, earlier mid mid year this year as well, um, you know, I think not two different shows, but clearly he like anything the comfort. You know, it's like the beginning. You know, I always remember like I think it was the beginning of uh, I don't know. It might have been the rising tour or whatever the first couple of shows are always shaky but yeah but by the last few nights it's uh it's unbelievable and um yeah i mean listen the netflix thing tom zimmy who is just you know uber talented what he the the elvis thing he did was great i actually saw tom zimmy two nights he filmed it that tuesday and wednesday and that saturday night i went to woodstock new york to a barn uh, to see Jackson Brown perform in, perform in Levon Helm's barn. Um, and, uh, and Zinmi was there and I was hanging out with him and, you know, and he was telling me about all the cameras and how they shot it. And, and he, you know, it's going to be a lot of close-ups. and I, I think he did a great job. Yeah. I think they cap they certainly captured, like you really felt, I just, you know, I really had the same feeling watching it than yeah. i did sitting in the audience like if i was there in the audience like what appeared on my television screen is what my eyes would have wanted to see you know exactly. when i was looking at the stage like and i love that he didn't show any audience until like no. the last couple of songs and that's yep. one of my biggest things i hate about like concert videos and the way they direct them and edit them. it's like i don't need to see the audience every 20 seconds like i know there's people there i know they're they're probably enjoying it i don't need to see that you know no. so i loved how it was just him on the stage and just you know nothing else distracting you from it like long pauses in that show where he would just you know you know use silence and, and, right. and just like an, an eye an expression on his face you know to convey emotions which was really portrayed in this uh this show that zimney put together it was amazing i loved it yeah it really <laughs> he's the only guy i think that could have done this who really appreciated um what bruce was trying to do and really gave you the perspective of sitting in that audience, which was, a, you know, I was fortunate. Both the shows that I saw were really good audiences and people behaved and no one was playing with their phones. And, you know, I've heard all kinds of stories from other people that have had some obnoxious people there. But in yeah. general, you know, uh, you, you didn't hear a pin drop. And, you know, people people get a little excited here and there in different songs. But it, the focus was on the stories. The focus is on Bruce and, and, you know, listen, even not just watching it. I, I, I you know, as soon as uh, the, uh, 
it was released on Spotify, even though I got waiting for the album. And I listened last weekend intently and, and, you know, you just, you're just back there and it's a great memory. And I think Bruce gave the fans and the world a tremendous gift, uh, by doing this for two years. And, um, you know, the cynics out there are, you know, going to always bitch about, you know, the money and he made a lot of money and yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. I have issues uh, yeah. with the price tag, the price tag on the, you know, on the show and stuff like that, but I can't deny how great of a show it was, you know? Uh, yeah. It's, I it's mean, one of know, the greatest things he's done in his, in his, you know, it was, it's absolutely priceless yeah. and, and he's, he deserves every, every cent that he earned. And it's like, he's uh, gone to an, another level as an artist that we didn't see before. Right. Like right. we, we've heard his music. We've heard his lyrics. We know how great that is. Right. We read his book. And right, we, and he 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 told his story in these words, like without music, and you got that story. Now this is something new, where he's kind of, you know, like almost merging the two and putting together this one man show, where he's not really telling his life story, but he's kind of telling his life mo kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Like what what makes him tick? Like the soul is really portrayed in this this show. You know, I, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's it's my my wife hadn't seen it on on Broadway and. Um, my, I took my mom over her and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, she, she was like, really just, wow, that was just, you know, an emotional yeah. roller coaster and really, really, really something special. And, 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 you know, it's a gift that we'll have forever. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it a few more times over the next couple of weeks here. Yeah. So I think that's it. Did I leave anything out? I think I got them. No, all. I think. I think you hit 2018 pretty strong. I mean, it yep. was it was kind of a weird year. You know, there wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't a lot of Bruce. You know, it was Bruce showing up here and there, but pretty much his focus uh, was on Broadway and, um, you know, being with his family. And and uh, uh, I'm excited for 2019. I, I, you know, I know some people that played on this solo album and uh, from what I've heard about it, um, it's going to be uniquely different as well. And well, before uh, before we go into 2019, let's pick our our moment from 2018. What, what what would you pick as your favorite E Street moment from the year, there, Mitch? Uh, for me personally, uh, I'd say my E Street moment of the year was uh, I'm going to have to give it to Stephen and and his speech at. Uh, that he gave the school board association about teachers. I, I yeah. think that that, that just, you know, I, I know how important this was to him and, and what he sacrificed in doing this tour. Um, so to me, this is the, this is the year of little Steven and, you know, yeah, Bruce got Netflix and we got all these other things, but uh, for, for me, the soul fire shows the release of the soul fire album um, and Steven's speech would have Excellent. to be number one. All right. That's a good one. Well, like I said, I was hoping that the Springsteen on Broadway vinyl release was going to be my <laughs> my moment of the year, but uh, you know, that's might have to put that on next year's show. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I thought about the, well, I met Lita Ford in June and I, I mentioned to her that I do a Bruce Springsteen podcast and she was like, "Oh, I love Bruce Springsteen." So I asked her to do a bumper for the show, so she did a bumper. And, oh, that's uh, cool. Said you're listening to Tramps Like Us, and that was a kind of a cool moment. Although it's not really an E Street moment, but it's kind of it's cool. A run- it's a runaways <laughs> moment. Yeah, it's a runaways <laughs> moment, right? <laughs> hey, I'm Lita Ford. You're listening to Tramps Like Us with Lee McCormick. Rocket Lee. But, uh, you know, what can I say? I got to say my uh, 
my E Street moment has got to be watching that show yesterday, watching Springsteen on yeah. Broadway on Netflix after waiting, you know, 14 months to see it, you know, having three of my closest buddies over to share that with me, um, just being blown away. And, yeah. uh, you know, it lived up to the expectations. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, like I said, we, you know, we we're, we're really blessed that we got that. And, uh, and at the end of the day that, you know, people will remember this year for, for that release. All right. So what do we think of 2019? I guess we're pretty sure that that solo record is going to come out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, everything that I've heard is, uh, it's, it's definitely, he, he wants it out. Um, I know they mixed it three times. I know I, I had a conversation with Bob Clear Mountain at the, uh, Kristen Ann Carr, uh, um, event at the Tribeca Grill in May, and he said it's done, and um, I'm really anxious to hear it. You know, I the, the one word that I've heard from the person that played on it is, I said, well, how do you describe the music? And they said Americana. Yeah, I heard that too, country Americana so, kind of thing. Country Americana. So, you know, I know I, I know that Bruce was a little hesitant about putting it out, mostly because of the politics of the day is so depressing. Uh, in the United States right now, and you know, and it's been uh, it's been another just brutal, brutal year mm-hmm. um, for any of us that have a have a soul. Um, but uh, it's kind of hard for Bruce to put out something really Americana ish at a, at a time. But you know what? I think it's kind of the opposite. I think America needs it. Um, and uh, I hate putting it this way, but you know. M- Bruce Springsteen can make America great again. I don't know about anybody else. Yeah. So I'm hoping I'm hoping to get that record in 2019, um, and and I'm fine that we're not going to get a tour till 2020. They'll all be Bruce and Stephen will be 70. Uh, <laughs> I just hope they stay healthy, um, and I think we're going to get a hell of a worldwide tour um, in 2020. Excellent. Save your pennies because we're going to have to probably hit a few of those shows. Yep. I'll come down and see if these. You're in New Jersey, right there, Mitch absolutely yep. i will i will you let me know and uh we'll hang out in the pit for any jersey show you want to come to right. that'd be might, great might have to do that <laughs> yeah all right mitch well thanks for uh checking in with us once again and uh oh it's my pleasure going through the year it's so let's highlight. excellent yeah so let's uh let's leave this show let's wrap this one up we'll close it out with the song that bruce closed his one-man broadway show with uh born to run and there was a cool you know esquire article came out there in november all right, right. and there was a quote that i loved that bruce you know, said about that. He said, those are my lines born to run. That's my epitaph. If you want to know my epitaph, there it is. It still is. Probably I use the song at the end of the show every night as a summary. The idea is that it can contain all that has come before. And I believe that it does. Oh, may God bless you, your family and all those that you love. And thanks for coming out tonight. Seven out over the line Maybe this town rips the bones from your back 
It's a death trap. It's a suicide rap. We gotta get out while we're young. Those tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. When did you let me in? I wanna be your friend. I wanna guard your dreams and visions. Yeah, just wrap your legs around these velvet rings. Strap your hands across my engines. And together we could break this trap. We'll run till we drop. And we'll never go back. Walk with me out on the wire. Cause I'm just a scared and lonely rider. I gotta find out how it feels. Love is wild. I want to know if love is real. Beyond the palace, semi power drones scream down the boulevard. The girls comb their hair in rear view mirrors, and the boys try to look so hard. Park rises bold and stark. Kids are huddled on the beach in the mist. I'm gonna die with you, Wendy, on the street tonight in an everlasting kiss. The highways jam with broken heroes on a last chance power drive. Everybody's out on the run tonight. But there's no place left to hide So together when we'll live with the sadness I'll love you with all the madness In my soul someday, girl, I don't know when We're gonna get to that place where we Really wanna go and we'll walk in the sun Telling tramps like us Baby, we were born to run. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. the show folks thanks for listening you can find us on our website at tramplikeuspod.com communicate with us on facebook at our tramps like us podcast group page and on twitter at tramps like us pod don't forget to subscribe to the show on itunes where you can leave a review and a five-star rating tramps like us podcast is a non-profit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free we are not affiliated with bruce springsteen or columbia sony records 
If you've heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earthquaking, love-making, viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary E Street Band. man does a lot of traveling. <laughs> and uh, he has a very sexualized wife. Wife likes sex a lot, enjoys it very much. So he's worried when he's away that she might be tempted. So he's talking to his buddy about this. buddy says, I know the lady just got to go see. She'll sort out your problem. So he goes to see a gypsy woman down in the middle of town. And he explains his, his concerns. And she says, I've got the exact thing that you need. It's called the voodoo penis. pops open, little penis comes out, goes straight to the keyhole, starts doing its work. This is little penis back in the box. Little penis goes back in the box. Take this home, this is all you're gonna need. He says, this looks great. Brings it home, explains his concerns to the wife, uh, tells her how to uh, get the little penis out of the box. He goes away, he's away from uh, the home for about a week. Wife realizes she's feeling a little bit horny. She breaks out the voodoo penis and goes, uh, uh, voodoo penis, my pussy. Uh, voodoo penis uh, jumps out of the box, goes uh, straight to the location requested, uh, starts to work, 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 But uh, the husband, while he's driving, she realizes that uh, he neglected to tell her that to, to get the voodoo penis to stop, you have to say voodoo penis back in the box. But she doesn't know those words. So the voodoo penis is working, working, working. She figures it's going to stop any minute. Doesn't stop, doesn't stop, doesn't stop. Finally, she says, he's a worried. Doesn't stop, doesn't stop. And says, I got to go to the hospital. She gets in the car. Uh, just the house goes on. The little penis is still going, 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 going. She's driving, 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 driving. She's to, to, to 50, 60, 70. It's the worse, worse, worse. 90 miles an hour. Finally, she gets stopped. The lights come on. The policeman stops. It stops her, pulls over, and says, Lady, what in the hell are you doing? You're going 90 miles an hour in a 40 mile per hour zone. She says, Officer, I'm, <laughs> you don't understand. There's a voodoo penis under this house. Go, oh, voodoo penis, voodoo penis, my ass. <laughs>